Well, it's a week after the midterms, and we still don't know which party controls the House of Representatives. We're getting closer. We'll take a hard look at the conservative message and the messengers in this episode of Dale Carter's America. From the heart of flyover country, he's not on the far right, and he's certainly not on the far left. Like you, he's somewhere in the middle. This is Dale Carter's America. Well, I'm Dale Carter. Of course, you know Kurt over here as well. And I have uh, pledged, Kurt, that um, today I'm going to be nicer. Oh, there will be you. fewer f bombs. <laughs> I think one of the people who um, who wrote in said that I was stooping to the level of a third grader. Do Ooh. you know a lot of third graders who drop f bombs? I don't know, but that's a pretty deep cut right there. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, but I do think I have the facts and logic on my side, and we'll get to all of that coming up. But first, the big news that delayed our podcast by 24 hours came from Mar-a-Lago last night. In order to make America great and glorious again, I am tonight announcing my candidacy for President of the United States. All right, so it's out there, um, and we'll take a harder look at that coming up later in this podcast. Uh, before we go any further, though, we want to thank our sponsors, of course, of the podcast, and we always start with Bob Watson. Uh, Bob's a great guy, and with surprising great rates at State Farm right now, and you can get the Patrick rate. I mean, we've got Patrick on our team, and now they've got Andy Reid on the team, Kurt. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's drawing mustaches on people. This is really a great time to be with State Farm, and really, it's more important than the commercials and all the cute ideas that come out is to have a guy on your side, and that guy who's on my side for the last 27 years is Bob Watson. He's at 7th and Main in Blue Springs, 816-229-7878, auto, home, life, commercial insurance, licensed in both Kansas and Missouri. When you need somebody, you can't just call an 800 number because a lot of times, Kurt, those calls get routed to a country where English might be their fifth language. That's true. Okay? So uh, with Bob Watson, you get great people in his office like Terry. Terry's been on my team for 27 years. She's been a part of what we do uh, with insurance, and she'll be there for you as well. 816-229-7878, Blue Springs local state farm agent for five decades, but again, licensed in both Kansas and Missouri, and he will definitely take care of you. And of course, we always love to, to mention Funhouse Pizza, 50 Highway in Lee's Summit, 7 Highway in Blue Springs. Uh, Jim Dingman, one of the our fine sponsors here, again, one of the early believers in what we've done on the podcast when we've done uh, the live episodes of the podcast. We've done them at Funhouse Pizza locations in both Lee's Summit and Blue Springs. He's always looking for employees. He even reached out to me again this week, Kurt, and he said, I need, I need people. Mm. So if you know somebody who needs a job, send them to Jim Dingman. He will put them to work at Funhouse Pizza. Yeah. Yeah, he's always hiring, so All right. hit him up. And Royal Roofing and Solar is our third sponsor. We'll save them for a little bit later, Kurt. I've got a great way to tie them in. You're going to have to wait all the way to the end to hear about Austin's great company. But trust me, it will be worth it once we get there. So back to the news headlines. Um, Democrats will control the Senate. We know that now. Uh, they have 50 seats. They could get 51 if Warnock beats Herschel Walker uh, in the runoff election next month. All they need is 50, plus they've got Vice President Harris. So 51 really would be gravy for them. Yeah. Yep. 
So, to the House of Representatives we go, where the magic number is 218. As of the recording of this podcast, I think we're really, really close. It's 217-209. Republicans hold the advantage. 218 is the majority. I mean, they've already done a vote for speaker. Yeah. I don't know how you can do that until you have all of the races settled, but they've already done it. Kevin McCarthy will be the next speaker of the House. Yeah, it looks like uh, Boebert is probably going to stay in in Colorado, and then there's a couple in California here that they're still yeah. calling. But Believe it or not, you know there are some Republican areas of California. Yeah, oh yeah. It's not just one There's big... more Republicans in California than any other state, I believe. Well, that makes sense. It's the biggest state population-wise yeah. in the country. So um, that's where we sit right now with the House. And, of course, now we know that the first candidate officially in for the 2024 campaign is Donald Trump. Back to the um, news headlines of the day. Um, there was a lot of uh, worry and stress about that missile that hit Poland that took out a couple of people, uh, that it came from Russia. And if that had happened, that would have been Russia stepping over Article 5, an attack on one is an attack on all, and then we'd really be in the shit. Sorry, I know that's one dirty word for today. I'm trying to limit the amount of dirty words for today. Put it in the swear jar. Yeah. Uh, but apparently, that missile did not come from Russia. It came from Ukraine. That, according to the White House. Yep. Yep. It was a, a missile that was being fired at an incoming Russian missile or something, apparently. Yeah. I don't know. Russia was bombing the Ukraine. They've got some anti-missile things. In fact, it may have been an American missile yeah. uh, that ended up in Poland. So that's that's bad news for Poland, but doesn't trigger Article 5, at least at this point. I still think they're playing a really dangerous but game. Why, my question is, why not? I mean... It's it's very interesting to me the the double standard with all this you know and the the uh, uplifting of Ukraine to this you know saint like status I mean they're not a member of NATO so isn't that true if it's true of Russia isn't it true of them if they fire a missile into a NATO country you know an attack on one is an attack on all doesn't that apply to them too That's a I fair mean, point, Kurt. Just just yesterday Zelensky was uh, I muted the video because he's talking in Ukrainian but he was you know blaming it on Russia saying. To fire missiles at NATO territory, this is a Russian missile attack on collective security. This is a very significant escalation. We must act. So doesn't that apply to him too? I guess not because he's, you know, the good guy, quote unquote, and Russia is the bad guy, quote unquote, as far as, uh, you know, the West, the, the establishment uh, political order is concerned. And so well, he can do whatever he wants. If the West had legitimate leadership or true leadership, I'm not going to say legitimate because that triggers a whole bunch of other stuff. If we had real leadership in the West, particularly in the White House, you would be working a back channel to Russia to stop this. It might not have happened at all. You know, if you'd yeah. been in front of it, it might not have happened at all. But certainly months down the road, there should be some back channel going on. I'd be really disappointed. Well, I wouldn't be disappointed. I think I would believe it if, um, you know, the Secretary of State, Antony Blinken, is not working some sort of back channel with Russia. Well, yeah. I mean, if we had serious leaders, they would be trying to find an end to this. You know, they'd be working with Russia and Ukraine in order to find some kind of peace and to, to bring a stop to this conflict. But instead, we're promoting the conflict. And we're, you know, just uh, the other day, yesterday, I believe, the White House put out another presser asking for $37.7 billion more for Ukraine. And, uh, I mean, it's more like you, you can read, you can go to the whitehouse.gov website and read the presser. It's like $9 billion for uh, COVID, you know, relief or something like that. I mean, it's clear where their agenda and their priorities lie. They're asking for way more money for Ukraine than they are for any domestic 
um, you know, spending here in America, which, you know, obviously would have problem with most of that too, but, um, it's just amazing. I mean, it's the, the money train just keeps rolling, keeps yeah. rolling. It's frustrating time to be alive really is because what's, you know, we're $31 trillion in debt yet. Everybody says America is a rich country. How's a rich country $31 trillion in debt? Um, and then you've got a Republican majority in the House where spending is controlled, right? They control the purse strings. And, and what's going to happen, this is another prediction on my part, is Republicans are going to get into there with a very slim majority. And it's like, well, we can't really stop the spending all that much. We're back to, you know, at light speed to the cliff and at the speed limit to the cliff. The destination is still the same um, because we've got 2024 coming up. And if we turn off all the spending, we won't win the White House, yeah. and we'll probably lose the House again. So we got to keep spending. So they're going to keep spending on on this Ukraine thing. Yeah, and I mean on on Ukraine specifically, uh, a lot of Republicans voted for all of the spending that we've had this far. I mean, including people that are supposed to be these you know up and coming conservative heroes like Dan Crenshaw is a big one. You know, I mean, I'm so disappointed in that guy because he's just shilling for Ukraine at this point, and we don't even know where the money's going. Like nobody's asking these questions. Why? Why all this money? Like where is it going? Mm-hmm. How is this uh, changing anything? It's currently not working. The conflict is still going on. It's not solving the problem. Where is this money going? And now you know we have this uh, this news story that came out that I want to just reference really quick. It's uh, in a new installment of Kurt's Corner on Dale Carter's America. We send Kurt to the corner for things that yeah. I don't understand <laughs> yeah. or that I don't really care about. So if he cares about it more passionately than I do, it goes to Kurt's Corner. Yeah, exactly. So basically, um, I'll let Jesse Waters explain here a little bit. But there is uh, a new scandal that's coming out with this uh, bunk cryptocurrency exchange that was funneling money through Ukraine back into Democrats' pockets. So He's got great hair, though. Well, yeah. You talking about Jesse Waters or, or uh, the crypto guy? <laughs> the John Fetterman of cryptocurrency, SPF, was just at the White House, actually. He got two closed doors meetings with Biden's senior advisor in the spring, right around the time Biden was shipping billions to Ukraine. The funny thing is, Ukraine was an investor in FTX. You may be asking, why is a country in the middle of a war investing in crypto? Shouldn't they be buying weapons or, I mean, if they have to invest in anything? Doesn't crypto sound a little risky for Zelensky? You wouldn't want an investment with a solid rate of return and years of stable growth? No. Zelensky thought he'd give it to a guy living in a tax haven, fresh out of college with funny hair. Well, when Democrats are sending you billions of dollars of weaponry, the least you could do is reward their favorite mega donor. And what did FTX do with the money Ukraine invested? Well, they plowed it right back into the Democratic Party. Democrats send money to Ukraine. Ukraine sends money to FTX and FTX sends money to the Democrats campaigns. Now, I don't know if this is war profiteering or money laundering. I don't even know, but it needs to be investigated. Yeah, this is huge. I mean, um, it's kind of in the weeds stuff, but I mean, it just shows that our elections are are compromised. I mean, the entire system is corrupt. And, you know, just if you go to the, the blog that I wrote on the website, you can see news articles from mainstream publications where right before this Russia-Ukraine thing started, they're all saying that Ukraine is the most corrupt country in Europe. And, you know, they have a Nazi problem and all these things that they're pointing to. And now all of a sudden, a switch gets flipped and it's, you know, Ukraine is the best thing since sliced bread and Zelensky is, you know, getting uh, Oscars from Sean Penn and everything else, you know, and it's it's uh, 
it's very shady. It's very, very shady. I get that. I understand that it's shady. And, and when they start talking about hearings on Capitol Hill and all that, I just have a feeling, and we'll get to it when we get to the other segments here, that the electorate is just exhausted. The electorate's tired. The electorate's, you know, paying more for groceries and gasoline, and they just don't care about any of this stuff. They just want to move on. So, right. But they don't want you to care about it because if you don't care about it, then you don't notice it, and then they can continue to corrupt our elections, and then your vote doesn't matter. So that that's what they want. They want you to not pay attention to that. They want you focused on the mundane things because then they can, you know— uh, essentially launder money through Ukraine and funnel it back into their, their campaign coffers and nobody will say anything. It's just exhausting. All right, let's move on. Um, Joe Biden was over in the uh, Far East. First of all, I, I could never be president. I, I, I really couldn't. I think I could based on the ideas and the principles and all that. But you go to these places and you have to eat their food and you have to drink their drink and you got to wear their stupid clothes. Did you <laughs> see that ugly gray jacket that Biden was wearing? No, I missed it looked that. Like, I can try I, and find it. I mean, it looked like, you know, well, it's it's their dress over there. Right. And you know, all the Chinese, they dress like they're all wearing pajamas and they're all the same color pajamas. And that's what it looked like. It looked like a pajama top. You know, it just didn't look very... Um, it didn't look very becoming for poor Joe. And then, you know, he's over there in China and he's falling asleep. And he didn't he didn't even make it to one of the parties. They said he had something he had to deal with. Yeah, he had to deal with a nap is what he had to deal right, with. Right, right, right. So if it you was, found it this was thing, past six PM, he yeah. couldn't stay up, you know, late. <laughs> well, you know, after election day they put a lid on it like one o'clock in the afternoon. Oh God. <laughs> President's uh, going to sleep here. He's gonna go Yeah, I can't find it right now, but but trust me, it was really goofy looking. Okay. Um but you know it, and again, why are they even having these conferences? That's another th- question for later on in the podcast. But Biden says there is no threat, imminent threat, that China will take military action in Taiwan. She, XI, she is the uh, president over there. And uh, Biden says he talked tough with the Chinese leader. I absolutely believe there need not be a new Cold War. We, uh, I've met many times with Xi Jinping. And we were candid and clear with one another across the board. I'm sure. And I do not think there's any imminent attempt on the part of China to invade Taiwan. And uh, I made it clear that our policy on Taiwan has not changed at all. It's the same exact position we've had. I made it clear that we want to see cross-strait issues peacefully resolved. And and so it never has to come to that. Mm. Can you imagine... Biden like trying to talk tough to a world leader like well he handled corn pop back in the day yeah but he was a lifeguard back then and he you know he had the responsibility of some kids and all that um you know when (laughs) when when he talked tough and all that you know I saw the clips from from what they actually talked about he led with global warming that's his big thing climate change yada 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 right they didn't mention COVID the origins of COVID COVID they didn't mention the slave labor that they have in China that's, you know, making Nike shoes. I mean, if you buy a pair, I'm wearing Nike shoes right now, as a matter of fact. Probably made by slave labor in China. I check that I wasn't. I'm not. I should take these off and burn them, I guess. Um, he didn't mention anything about that, but certainly climate change was uh, big on the agenda. So we'll get to more of that coming up as well. Uh, to Elon Musk. You like Elon Musk, don't you? Yeah, he's all right. I mean, yeah. I, I don't. I don't like, you know, look to him as some uh, as some political genius or anything like that. But uh, 
he's certainly entertaining. He's shaking things up over at Twitter. Yeah, uh, for yeah. sure. Uh, he has ended the whole work from home thing. I guess a bunch of their employees were like working from home, and he yeah. said, "Look, I, I just paid a lot of money for this thing, and it's got to make some money. So um, we're ending work from home." Yeah, he he sent out a, uh, a his first company wide email, and this is kind of the end of it, but. Um, the road ahead is arduous and will require intense work to succeed. We are also changing Twitter policy such that remote work is no longer allowed unless you have a specific exception. Managers will send the exceptions list to me for renew for review and <laughs> approval. So wouldn't you love to see that list? Yes, yeah. here's my exception. <laughs> right, right, right. Denied. Right. And so, you know, the the uh, the libs were freaking out on Twitter over that saying, you know, he's he's uh, unfairly treating his workers and everything like that. And then the other thing that happened that was really funny was he uh, is cracking down on the free lunches. Apparently, there was a video. Um, uh, well, I'll just finish this. So uh, apparently he found that they were spending four hundred dollars on per lunch for per employee. So that's just ridiculous. But there was a, a video that came out. Uh, a couple weeks ago or something and it was like posted to twitter by a twitter employee and she was like the average day of like my life as a twitter employee and she like goes and she gets a coffee and she like maybe has a meeting for 15 minutes and then she plays foosball and then she like you know goes to lunch with her friends and then she relaxes in the in the sauna you know in the twitter headquarters it's like your job around here well hey i don't know about that (laughs) We don't have a sauna, all right? Not yet. We need a, we need a sauna. There was one back in when it was a Gold's Gym. <laughs> well, yeah, that's true. Maybe we can uh, dig it back up. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's so he's he's obviously you know going to make people actually work wow. again, and, and he's, he's firing been, a bunch of people. Yeah, and too. he's been firing a bunch of people. Yeah, and you know, so the liberal take on this was he's firing a bunch of people at Twitter, and the ones who are staying, he's going to starve. <laughs> yeah. It's like really, come on. Yeah. All right, to the student loan transfer. What what's going on with that? Because it's not student loan forgiveness. Let's make that clear. It's transfer from people who took out loans and transferring it to taxpayers who may not have taken out loans. Yeah. Yeah, we have a, an update from a judge in Texas. Um, and I'll just read a little bit from this article from the AP. A U.S. judge in Texas on Thursday blocked President Joe Biden's plan to provide millions of borrowers with up to $20,000 apiece in federal student loan forgiveness, a program that was already on hold as federal appeals court in St. Louis considers a separate lawsuit by six states challenging it. District Court Judge Mark Pittman, an appointee of former President Donald Trump based in Fort Worth, said the program usurped Congress's power to make laws. In this country, we are not ruled by an all-powerful executive with a pen and a phone. Instead, we are ruled by a constitution that provides for three distinct and independent branches of government, Pittman wrote. So it's on hold uh, from a judge. Democrats win again, though. They got exactly what they needed out of it for the midterm election. Yeah. And the mean old Republicans are keeping you from getting your $10,000 right. that Joe Biden wants to give you. Right, exactly. Yeah, they still control the narrative and they still control you know, the, the conversation around this whole thing. So. They do make mistakes. And when they do make mistakes, we do catch them and we do need to exploit them. And Congressman Eric Swalwell's stupid comment really should uh, be a marching cry for Republicans moving forward. It's certainly how Glenn Youngkin, I think, in part won the state of Virginia as a governor, because one thing that we conservatives care a whole lot about is our kids. And when you screw with that relationship with our kids, you're walking on real thin ice. Yeah, I mean, everyone cares about their kids. But uh, yeah, so Tim Scott came out and said, we are putting parents back in charge of their kids' education, which is like something that 
you know, I think pretty much anyone can agree with. And then Swalwell retweeted it and he said, please tell me what I'm missing here. What are we doing next? Putting patients in charge of their own surgeries, clients in charge of their own trials. When we did, when did we stop trusting experts? This is so stupid. (laughs) Well, I mean, do you trust the experts at the school there to set the agenda to have, you know, um, uh, to, to have sexual discussions with your kids when they're in grade school. Yeah. I mean, every sentence of this is just stupid. Like, first of all, yes. Like all of those questions that he asked, yes. Are, are putting patients in charge of their own healthcare. Yes, we do that. Like you, you have to agree to get a surgery done on you. Like they don't just decide, oh, this is what we're doing. You don't have a choice in it. Mm. Yeah. They say, D- you know, this is what we recommend. We think you should get this surgery. You have to agree to do it. I mean, that's always how it's been. Of course, of course, that's the case. Clients in charge of their own trials. Yeah, you pick a lawyer, you hire a lawyer, you decide what you want to plead, you decide, you know, if you like, it's yeah. like, yeah, of course. Well, I guarantee you when I was in grade school, certainly probably for you as well, Kurt, you know, our parents decided where we went to school, right? right. And you, I don't know if your parents were involved in your education. Mine certainly were. They looked at homework. They, they held my feet to the fire on things. They asked questions. They were involved. Where we've gotten off track in this country is um, parents are just kind of like turning it over to the school. Right. And then they're shocked when you know they come home with stuff. I think COVID um, opened a lot of eyes right. because all of a sudden those kids were at home and they were you know Zoom calling for classes and you know maybe a parent walks by and says what yeah the hell is that yeah what is what is uh you know. <laughs> Oral sex have to do with math. Yeah, exactly. Why are we having drag queens come in and do shows at the grade school? That just seems kind of wrong, right? Yeah. I think if you use a little common sense on stuff, you know, you'll come out on the right side. And so when a Democrat like Eric Swalwell says something stupid like this, Republicans need to find a way to exploit it. Yeah. And it's like I said, you know, uh, at the beginning of this, it's just a, a winning message, I think, across the board because. Of course, parents want to be in charge of their their kids' education, you know, mm-hmm. and, and their kids' uh, upbringing generally. And Republicans need to hammer that home. They need to hammer home. We're the party of putting you in control of your kids' education. We want charter schools. We want um, private schools. We want school choice. Um, we want homeschool options if that's what you want to do. And Democrats are the party of taking. The, your child's education out of your hands, putting it into the bureaucracy and putting it into people that people's hands that you don't know and don't trust, and yeah. they need to hammer that home. And if you got kids and you don't know who's on your school board and you don't know where they stand on stuff, you are failing. Yeah. And those elections are very important. I would say those elections and city council elections are maybe more important to you and your life than the presidential election. Yet you'll wait an hour and a half in line to vote in the presidential, and nobody shows up for a school board race. So true. Yeah. So. So get your head back in the game, people. As we move on to Jeff Bezos, the guy with $124 billion, even after his divorce. That is not fair. Think about that. That is not fair. And look at that. He's got like this hot new girlfriend. He's still got $124 billion. He's like, what the hell am I going to do with $124 billion? Well, Well, what's what's really not fair is the fact that his ex-wife now also has $124 billion. How does that happen? (laughs) This is not fair. They need to pay their fair share. You know, it's funny. Uh, you know, you can call me a sexist or whatever, but uh, if you look at like the the list of all of the richest women in the world, it's all women who have divorced rich men and like Oprah. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say Oprah's over yeah. there on her own island. But it's really funny. But she's hot. 
Oprah? No, 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 no. I'm, I'm looking at the other screen over here. Jeff yeah, yeah, Bezos' yeah. new squeeze. Yeah, I don't know. She's a little done up. I, she's had some work. That's not really my thing. But okay, so what are we talking about? He's uh, he's, he's given a short bald guy. I mean, I know he's got a lot of money. Yeah, it, he's he's kind of ripped though. He you know he uses his time and his money. He's always uh, doing training and stuff, and he's you know at the gym he's getting pretty ripped maybe that microphone's not the only large thing that's close to his waist you know what i'm saying <laughs> all right let's move right along because he's giving away his money and he gave it away to somebody i really like get up onto the stage dolly parton dolly parton <laughs> look at dolly man she's looking well, good did you say a hundred million dollars when people are in a position to help you should help and i know that i've always said i try to put my money where my heart is and i think you do the same thing i will do my best to uh, to do uh, good things with this money thank you jeff so you really think his girlfriend isn't all that no no well you're young i mean you're a newlywed you just married a hot woman yourself and yeah i mean she's just she's i don't like plastic surgery it's just well and you don't like dolly because parts yeah. of dolly are a certain age and parts of her yeah. are a different age i'll tell you though i mean back in the day uh like the early dolly years um some of her early records and like her stuff with porter wagner and everything yeah she was she's beautiful she's awesome yeah awesome okay so bezos is going to give away all his money he's doing it in big chunks uh dolly's got a hundred million dollars dolly if you want to buy a country music station i know where you could get one at a reasonable <laughs> price and by god we'll play a dolly or Barton a podcast record. you could buy a podcast you could buy the too. podcast we'll even play dolly songs on the podcast yeah we'll make it the intro to because the you're a big fan you like the porter wagner stuff yeah i didn't i like early early dolly yeah. but you were too young to even know who porter Wagner was. Oh, come on. All right. So we move along. Um, the Royals want a new $2 billion stadium downtown. Maybe Bezos could buy that too. Yeah, maybe think? he will. So here's my question. Do we have a clip on this? Uh, no. Okay. All right. Then we'll move right along. Um, I have a couple of questions on this. Way back when, Kurt, before you were born, uh, the Royals in 1969 played at Municipal Stadium, which was at 19th and Brooklyn mm -hmm. in spinning distance of downtown. They moved out to the Truman Sports Complex because at that time, the Chiefs and the Royals played in the same stadium. Mm -hmm. It was one of the first examples of separate stadiums for an NFL team and a Major League Baseball team, the Truman Sports Complex. It was revolutionary when it opened in 1972. So why would they want to go back to where they moved away from? That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, and it's just a like it's just a giant waste of money. I mean, what's wrong with the current stadium? Well, they just put like a quarter of a billion dollars into it to upgrade it, refurbish yeah, it, like and all that. Five years ago or something, right? Yeah. yeah. And you talk about an entertainment district. There is so much open space around the Truman Sports Complex. Mm -hmm. If there were demand for it, it would happen. Right. Right. Yeah. Again, I mean that happened in sector. Philadelphia. You know, I'm from Philly, and um, they have a very similar thing where it's like a sports complex. It's in South Philly. Um, probably about a 10 or 15 minute drive south of downtown. Mm -hmm. And um, they have it where it's the hockey stadium where uh, the Flyers and the Sixers play and the baseball stadium where the Phillies play and the football stadium where the Eagles play all right next to each other yeah. with big parking around it. And there was a lot, it drew a lot of business into that area. And they've built um, this thing called Xfinity Live, which is kind of like their version of the Power and Light District. Mm -hmm. And they've built a lot of stuff down there because that area with the sports complex has driven business into that area. So it 
that I mean, if the demand was there, you're right, they would it would bring something in. Well, you know, not to uh, open up an old wound here, but the power and light district was taxpayer supported. And if the taxes weren't going in to support the power and light district, that thing would have failed. Right. So, I mean, here we go again. We're going to do the same thing. And then, you know, you talk about going back to the taxpayers of Jackson County, where I live. Do you live in Jackson County? Yes. Okay. You don't own a home yet. No. Um, if you did, you would see that your property taxes over the last, like, three years have just skyrocketed, absolutely skyrocketed. So the idea that they are going to approach the taxpayers of Jackson County with any kind of a tax to support a $2 billion downtown stadium, I just don't see it. Yeah. Well, the in the letter that he sent out, this is the uh, chairman and CEO of the Royals, he said, first, we would not ask Jackson County citizens to contribute any more tax dollars than you already do today. Uh which, I mean, it, it seems like just a lie. I mean, how are you gonna, how are you gonna ex- afford a two billion dollar? Well, I'll tell you stadium. how they're gonna do it. Uh, you know, I've been involved in these before in politics. It's gonna be a no tax increase bond renewal. Yeah. Okay. Because the the Jackson County taxpayers paid to put half a billion dollars into Arrowhead and Kauffman Stadium. Okay. Right. There was a second vote. Would we want a rolling roof on railroad tracks between the stadiums? If we had passed that, we would have gotten a Super Bowl in Kansas City, right? Mm. Uh, the voters said, nope, that's a bridge too far. You can't have your railroad tracks. You can't have the rolling roof. But we're going to spend a half a billion dollars on Arrowhead and Kauffman Stadium. So they're going to come back to the voters and say, hey, your taxes won't go up, but we're going to extend the bond. Right. Which and is just taxes in the future. <laughs> I'm going to vote no. You can do whatever you want to do, yeah, but of course. I'm going to be a of no course. on that. There's no way. They can't polish the dog turd enough. And, you know, you, you've got a lousy product on the field. Well, right? yeah, that's what I was going to say. You know, maybe it has more to do with the fact that the Royals suck and that they haven't won, you know, in seven years. They have not been doing well. Maybe right. that's why people aren't going, not because, you know, the stadium is not where it should be. It's just, uh, it's just a waste. Like I said, there's nothing wrong with the stadium. There's nothing wrong with how it is now. I just don't understand. Like the city is already going bankrupt. We're already spending money, too much money on the streetcar and on the airport and everything else. And it's just another project. You know, we have bigger fish to fry. We have bigger things to worry about. We have crime problems. We have homelessness problems. We have drug problems. Real problems that need to be addressed that uh, matter way more than a stupid stadium. Amen. Uh, yet the Democrats continue to control Jackson County. And while we have all these problems with the county, Kurt, we've got the best second baseman running a county anywhere in America. <laughs> I bet he'll be for it. He'll be I'm for sure it. I'm sure he'll be stadium. for it. I'm sure he's that... probably going to have a plaque or a, you know a, a statue outside of it or something. So he'll well, he's already it. got a statue outside Kauffman Stadium because he was a great second baseman. Oh, okay. I'll tell you who else is for it is the Pharaoh. Yeah. I mean, he's going to be all in on this deal. 100%. All right. So that's where we stand on that. And that's kind of your news headlines here on Dale Carter's Americas. We dive in a little bit deeper now to the midterm aftermath. Now, you remember before the midterm, you had Barack Obama out there preaching fire and brimstone. This is the death of democracy. If it doesn't go our way, this is the death of democracy. Right. Democracy is going to die. Right. <laughs> it was kind of interesting. You know, the day after, Joe Biden, who was also preaching the same thing, he goes out there and says, wow, this turned out all right. <laughs> yeah, I got the clip. It was a good day, I think, for democracy. <laughs> and I think it was a good day for America. <clears throat> Excuse me, I have a little horse. 
our democracy. I just have to pause it there because <laughs> <laughs> the 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 uh, uh, closed captions don't do it justice. He says, "Excuse me, I have a little horse." That's what he just said. I'm yeah. Good day, I think, for democracy. Yeah. And I think it was a good day for America. <clears throat> Excuse me, I have a little horse. <laughs> our democracy has been tested in recent years, but uh, with their votes, uh, the American people have spoken and proven once again that democracy is who we are. While the I mean, is it not just totally obvious to everyone that when he says democracy, he means the Democrat Party? Like, it's so obvious. It's yeah. so transparent. Yeah. When they do well or when they at least don't do as bad as they're expecting, oh, it's a win for democracy. Like, come on, man. Like, at least try. At yeah. least try to, like, hide the ball a little bit. And Jeez. if the red wave had happened like we thought was going to happen, and let's be honest here, we're a little disappointed and we're going to have to do some soul searching and we'll do that later on in this episode of the podcast um you know it would have been the death of democracy but because you know the red wave didn't happen they, they lost some seats in the house of representatives so that's going to flip but they're going to keep the senate so it was a good day for democracy and it's always instilling confidence i think in america and americans when our leader goes out there to host a press conference and he says this play that clip now, I've been given a list of 10 people that I'm supposed to call on, and you're all supposed to ask me one question, but I'm sure you'll ask me more. And uh, so let me start off with a list I've been given. Um, he says uh, it again. Zeke Miller, Associated Press. Okay, so <laughs> even if that's true, okay, let's say in the background it's like, Joe, you know, you, you, we're giving you this list, and these are the only people you can call on. These are the friendlies. Okay, right. Fox is not going to be on there. These are the friendlies who are going to ask you friendly questions. Don't say it. Right. Right? <laughs> Just go out there and randomize it. Say, okay, who am I going to call on? Look down and go, okay, the guy from Associated Press. What do you got, bud? What do yeah. you got, Jack? Yeah, and he, I mean, he. this is obviously not the first time he's done that either. He does he's, it all the time. Said, yeah. Don't say it. He says it all the time, like, uh, oh, where am I supposed to go? Oh, I don't know. Like, I don't know what they're what they're uh, telling me to do next. You know, he's just like, he's just end obviously of, a puppet. He's end obviously of quote. a mouthpiece. End of quote. Yeah. <laughs> end of quote. Next sentence. Yeah. Say it again. Repeat it again. I mean, you know what's going to happen? Okay, and a little warning here, a little F-bomb's coming, okay? Before his administration is over, somebody on his staff is going to pull a Ron Burgundy on him. Right. You know that's going to happen. Yeah. He's going to be in the Roosevelt Room. <laughs> he's going to be going, he's going to be squinting, reading the teleprompter, and lastly, go fuck yourself, America. It's End of quote. Ha- you know it's going to happen. Close quote. Yeah. Close quote. I just, uh, yeah, just no confidence in that. And then he continues to lie, and these people that he calls on will not call him on it. What in the hell is this thing that he keeps saying about uh, traveling 17,000 miles with Chinese leader Xi? Yeah. Well, what does I, that even mean? I don't know. My God, you could go to the moon. That's pretty far. That's a, that's a long way to walk. <laughs> um, I have the old clip. But I don't have the new clip. We can move on. All right. Well, fire up the old clip. I just okay. want I want to hear in what context he even says this. I mean, 17,000 miles. He, he just rattles it off and nobody ever um, questions him on it. Yeah, this is uh, an old clip from uh, April. I was going to put him. Uh, America is a nation that can be defined in a single word. I was going to put him. Uh, foot, foot, Excuse me, the foothills of the Himalayas with <laughs> Xi Jinping traveling with him. I guess we traveled 17,000 miles when I was vice president. I don't know that for a fact. <laughs> oh my well, at least he God. said there, I don't know it for a fact. And now he just says it 
again at the press conference. <laughs> and then I think that I remember that clip too, but for specifically because he goes, uh, I can describe America in a single word. <laughs> what word would that be again? Oh, no. I have no idea. I mean, the guy's great for content. Can we at least give him that? He's, well, Trump was good for content, he's too. hilarious. So we'll have content again. Okay, so the, the bottom line question out of this, because remember my prediction, and I'll admit when my predictions are wrong, I really saw a red wave coming. I'm like, you cannot have inflation be this high, have the border this insecure, the debacle that happened in Afghanistan, everything going wrong, going from energy independence to energy dependence while you're touting off something that there's no logical way that you're going to be able to pull it off. So I saw a red wave coming. And after that red wave, the Democrats would be soul searching and he would not be allowed to run for a second term. Mm -hmm. But now what the hell? I mean, why wouldn't he run? Yeah. And I'm seeing more and more people out there you know, on Facebook and Twitter and, um, heck even our mayor, you know, as you mentioned earlier, put out a, a tweet the other day saying, Joe's doing a great job or something like that. And yeah, it's like, Joe just keeps winning. Yeah. Joe just it. keeps winning. Yeah. And, and I go through and I look at the comments and everyone in the comments is like, yeah, he's doing great. Yeah. Go, go Biden. And it's like, my, my thought is just like, who are these people? You yeah. know, like you just want to like, like see them, you know, like talk to them. Like, are you, are you delusional? Like, who are you? Well, you know what Lucas is up to. I mean, he's sucking up big time. He wants yeah. to be on the cabinet. Yeah. He's going to, he's going to DC every opportunity that he gets. And he's, uh, you know, he's, uh, kissing babies and, you know, handshaking the, the big wig people in, in DC. Well, it's not over for the red team. It's not. But before we get to the fixes for the red team, let's go with the guy who wears red when he's taking care of you, insuring you, taking ah, care of you. See what I did there? That was, a good that, was that was deft, I think, is the <laughs> correct word for that. Blue Springs local state farm agent for five decades, Bob Watson, who, by the way, sent me a text after uh, last week's episode. <laughs> and he said, man, you were on fire. Was your, what was your blood pressure? <laughs> he was a little worried about my blood pressure. It's okay, Bob. Everything's fine. I'm more chill, more mellow. We haven't gotten to the Trump segment yet. I'm not sure where we're going to end up here, Kurt. But I, <laughs> but I think I'm coming from a place of logic and sanity and calmness. So we'll get to that coming up. Well, the real problem is that now I know how to push your buttons, so you're going to have to really rein it in. All right. We're going to have problems. Blue, <laughs> Blue Springs State Farm agent uh, for five decades, Bob Watson. You can find his office conveniently in downtown Blue Springs at 7th and Main. It's a beautiful office, uh, but he doesn't need the office, right? He can take care of you on the Kansas side and the Missouri side as well with a phone and a computer and all that good stuff. And he's got a tremendous support staff and surprisingly great rates right now for State Farm. So as we come up to the end of the year and you need to uh, take a look at your insurance and all that, make sure you get a quote from Bob Watson, 816-229-7878. Uh, and once you've got Bob on your side and something goes wrong, and let's face it, in life, something always goes wrong. You need somebody on your side, in your corner, and that will be Bob and his entire staff at uh, his agency there in Blue Springs. Auto, home, life, commercial insurance, even boats when we get back to that again. 816-229-7878. We thank Bob Watson for believing in what we're doing here. Um, now, the, the conservatives and the Republicans moving forward. Okay, Trump's in the race. Now, last week, you know, we had a big disagreement about that, and I still feel the same. How do you feel? 
I feel the same. Um, I mean, I think uh, m- my thing is not necessarily that like I'm 100% team Trump or like if it, if the uh, primary was held today, I would definitely vote for Trump. Maybe I would. I really don't know. But I just think it's too early to say for sure. And I don't like the disloyalty and disrespect that people are showing him by just throwing him off the bus immediately. I mean, like I said last week, there would be no Ron DeSantis without Donald Trump. There would be no uh, populist movement in the Republican Party without Donald Trump. So I think we need to not take that for granted. Okay. And that was that was my main point last week in pushing back on you was just to say that, you know, there is a reason that this guy is running. There is a reason that he is so popular and that shouldn't be ignored. Okay, where I question and push back here a little bit is whether he's popular or not now. And let's get into some logic here, okay? It takes 270 electoral votes to win the presidency. Mm-hmm. The, the Republicans haven't won the popular vote in how long? I mean, you know, Trump didn't win the popular yeah, probably vote. Probably since Reagan, I would imagine. George W. Bush didn't win the popular vote. I mean, so we we have to win constitutionally, and we've got to do it through the Electoral College. Um, Donald Trump in statewide races, let's don't look at congressional races. Let's look at full on statewide races. Mm -hmm. He backed candidates in Arizona, Nevada, and Pennsylvania, lost all of them. Those are swing States. You got to win two out of three of those. Right. But I mean, he, that is true. That is true. But he also backed other, I mean, he backed like over 200 candidates. You're getting to house races that are very small and on very small issues. I mean, he may have backed Mark Alford, but I don't think it had a dime's worth of difference in the race. Statewide races with governors and senators, that's where you get to flipping a state, blue or red, in the the presidential here. Right. So Arizona, Nevada, Pennsylvania. Um, DeSantis just won Florida as governor by 20 points. Uh, Trump won it by two points over Biden. But can you like back to the original thing? Like, can you say for sure that his endorsement is the reason that those people yes, lost? Like, what, what evidence do you have? For absolutely. That? You know, when you start looking at uh, the celebrity types that he backed, like Dr. Oz, the election denier in Arizona. Okay, he backed these people. He put his name out there. And, and you're talking they about lost. Carrie Lake. Yeah, they lost. I thought you liked her. I like her. I'm saying she lost. This isn't about me, and this isn't about you. This yeah, but you're using you're using the the term election denier, which is a, a a leftist you know smear. You shouldn't use that. Okay, I probably shouldn't use that. But did she go out there and say that Trump didn't win or Trump didn't lose? I mean, maybe, but that's not what her campaign was about. Okay, let's don't get sidetracked here because if we get sidetracked, f bombs are going to start flying again. <laughs> okay, let's get back to logic. How does Trump get to 270 electoral votes? By winning enough states to get 270 okay. electoral votes. And the uh, toss-up states of Arizona, Nevada, and Pennsylvania. Do you think he wins those? I don't know. I mean, it, it, I really don't know. Again, it's 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 all speculation at this point. I mean, it's so far out. And DeSantis has never ran for national it's true. election. So, I mean, it, it's... It's speculation. You know, you can speculate. Go ahead. Speculate all you want. But that's okay. what—that's all that it is. It's speculation. The happiest guy with that announcement last night, other than Donald Trump himself, who did this for himself, if he were doing the right thing for America, he would say, you know what? I had my time. My time has come and gone. We need to rally around X person. Or maybe he should have just kept his damn mouth shut because we still don't know about the House. We still don't know about Herschel Walker. There's another one, by the way. Herschel Walker 
You know, uh, Donald Trump's running back is probably the worst candidate who could have run for the Senate in Georgia, and that was definitely on Donald Trump. Everybody else on the Republican side, including the governor, ran way ahead of Herschel Walker. There is no reason that Warnock should have won that race. And he did win it, by the way. He just didn't get to 50%. So again, you have to ask the math question, how does Herschel Walker get to 50% when he didn't get there on election night? In the runoff, you mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think I agree. I think that's going to be a tough um, runoff. And that's on Donald Trump. And I have evidence on that. That is definitely on Donald Trump. In what way? Well, Herschel Walker's his guy. How is it not on Donald Trump? Right. But that but that's not evidence that the reason that he lost is because of the Trump endorsement. I mean, like, and we talked about this last week, but just again, like the reason that Oz lost in Pennsylvania is because he's a shitty candidate and because he's not a true conservative and because people weren't motivated to go vote for him. I could see the argument being made, which I think is true, that the reason that he won the primary for the Republican Party was because of or or at least largely due to the the Trump endorsement, which was a mistake for sure. But, um, you know, just to say that he lost because of Trump, I mean, it. That I don't really see where that's coming from. Well, the happiest guy who, uh, after Trump's announcement last night, was Joe Biden because it kept him in the game. There is no way that Joe Biden gets to 270 without Donald Trump being in this thing. And then I want to go to another point, Operation Chaos. Do you remember when Rush Limbaugh started Operation Chaos in 2008? Mm-mm. Okay. In 2008, you had Hillary and Barack running for the Democrat nomination. And Barack was running away with it. Mm-hmm. And... Rush thought it'd be a great idea to extract more pain out of the Democrats and make the thing run a lot longer. And he started endorsing Hillary Clinton and she started winning some late primaries. And there was a thought out there that it was because it was Republicans crossing over to vote for Hillary to make it tougher on Barack Obama. Mm -hmm. Well, the Democrats have taken that page out of the playbook in spades and they went out and they supported a bunch of these Donald Trump backed candidates and they lost in statewide elections. Now, again, you could probably get into the weeds and pull out the 35th district in California. I'm talking about statewide races in Arizona, Nevada, and Pennsylvania. Okay. They got involved, Democrats did, and crossed over to to get an easier candidate to beat. And, and the, they beat and the primary, those you mean they voted in the primary. Right, right, right. Yeah. And they beat those candidates in the general election. So here we go again. And right, but how how is that? Trump's fault. I don't understand. Okay, well, let me get to where I'm going here. Can you not see a scenario in the 2024 primaries where you've got 16 Republicans running that a bunch of Democrats go out, cross over in the primary, and vote for Donald Trump? Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. So Donald Trump wins enough primaries to claim the nomination, and then what happens on Election Day? Let's think three jumps ahead here. I don't know. I don't know what happens on election day. I mean, Biden is a terrible president. Trump is very charismatic. It, anything could happen. Anything. This could happen. country, Kurt, is over Donald Trump. There is a there's a segment now, and I ran this on the podcast Facebook page. Um, I just threw it out there. Orange man says he's in. What do you think? Mm-hmm. Go look at those responses. I didn't tip the scale anyway. The responses are, and these are our people. These are. A deep red Republicans, Kurt. Okay, and they're split. Where do you think the the middle is? 
the middle is not going to vote for Donald Trump and Democrats aren't going to vote for Donald Trump. So if if the true right. red I mean, Republicans... Are, are Democrats going to vote for Ron DeSantis or somebody else? No, they're I mean, not. They're just going to do You're the same missing thing the point. To him. You're missing the point. If the Republicans come out unified with somebody who focuses on the things that people care about, it'll carry the day. If we go back through this again, it's going to be January 6th, it's going to be indictments, it's going to be investigations, it's going to be all this crap that nobody cares about. Do you not see that? No, I see it. But the, the problem is that the those narratives were created out of whole cloth Who by cares? the media. Who cares? We've got to move forward. I know, but you're, the, the problem is that you're playing into the narrative because they're just if it's Ron DeSantis they're just going to do that to Ron DeSantis they'll find something on him from his time as governor in California they'll find some tape of him saying a bad word and they'll just do the same thing to him well then he's never he, governor of California if, if he gets uh, I'm sorry uh <laughs> Florida if if he gets elected or if he wins the primary and he's the nominee they'll dig up stuff on him they'll try and impeach him that's stuff try and, you don't know okay that's all unknown stuff we've got a baggage train of Donald Trump stuff so that is a given, and that is known. Right, but the reason that that exists is because Trump has been president okay. and DeSantis hasn't. All right, I, I, I submit, okay? I, I'll give in on that point. Yeah, they did it, so what? You know, Donald Trump's done a lot of it to himself. He is his own worst enemy. In some ways, yeah, I think so. I think you're right about that. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. On that moment of agreement, let's go to this. Democrats are clearly better salespeople. Yeah. They have definitely sold this thing. And, you know, back to the student loan thing. They knew it was illegal when they did it. They didn't care, right? They're out there pandering for votes. And, and they got votes. I mean, think about the, the Gen Z people. That's the future of this country, right? Demographically, you have to agree with that, right? Mm -hmm. What do they care about? They told you in exit polls. They, they like the fact that he was going to, you know, wipe out student loan debt, even though most of them don't have it. Right. They like it. They like the free stuff. Right. They want the free stuff. They want to have an ability to get an abortion. You don't agree with that. I don't agree with that. That's what they want. And they're the voters. So so then what do we do? Do we say, OK, you can have your abortions? Is that what we're going to do to win an election? I think that there's solid middle ground here. I really do. I think that all the countries of the world who are, you know, industrialized like we are, they've kind of had this discussion. And nationally, I think they've centered somewhere around 15 weeks. And I think that's where we're going to be. You're not going to like it. I'm not going to like it. It doesn't matter. We're a democracy. People so, vote. So, but you're saying so like a federal law that states that 15 weeks, a ban after 15 weeks in federal law. It may well come to that. Because that is currently, I mean, in terms of the, the political discussion, that is viewed as a very far-right policy. That is, that is viewed as extreme by, the, by the, the mainstream. I mean, just overturning Roe v. Wade and returning the issue back to the states was viewed as extreme. Imagine how it's going to be viewed if there's a federal ban after 15 weeks. I'm just telling you where that's we're a, going That's with a right-wing policy. That's I'm not like a centrist. You telling know, you where we're going with this thing. There's going to have to be middle ground, and people are going to have to give in on it. I, but, I do don't... You, like, but here's the thing. Like, do you think the Democrats are going to view that as middle ground? Do you think that of they're going to come out and be like, of oh, thank, you know, we can Her reach a compromise? We're never going to sit around a fire and smoke the peace pipe and sing kumbaya to each other. Right. We are going to debate things. I'm just telling you where this thing ends up demographically mm -hmm. because of the people who are voting. And the Democrats got those people to vote. They were definitely energized. They definitely went out and voted. 
Um, Roe versus Wade, I'm glad it got overturned. I wanted it to go back to the states. I think that's where it belongs constitutionally. But, you know, realistically, where is it going to go? And again, we get back to Democrats are better salespeople. Mm-hmm. And they're out there. They're Uncle Joe, right? They're, Uncle Joe is, is definitely a real thing. And he's pushing candy. And you don't need to do that. You don't need to worry about that. And we can run up the, the bill as much as you want to. And Republicans, we're the guys that are saying, hey, we're $31 trillion in debt. You know, the private sector works every time it's tried. So we're the ones pushing vegetables. You got to eat your vegetables. And we're losing on the younger end. Yeah. I was talking to a couple friends about this last night, actually, that, that, you know, just inherently the progressive argument is more exciting than the conservative argument because there's nothing exciting or motivating about saying, you know, we should conserve what already exists. We should go back to how we did things previously, uh, as opposed to, you know, we need to shake up the system. We need forward progress. We need, you know, to, uh, give people free stuff and all this, all this, all these things, you know, it's just inherently, uh, a better and easier argument to sell. And so Republicans have to figure out how to work around that. It's not easy. Younger Republicans that are serving now, they get that. And uh, I want to go to the Josh Hawley clip because Josh has said this several times and he is right on the money. I think that this election was the funeral for the Republican Party as we know it. The Republican Party, is, as we have known it, is dead. And voters have made that clear. And in particular, the folks who did not vote for Republicans in this last election were independent voters, working class independent voters, folks who voted for President Obama uh, once upon a time, folks who then voted for President Trump but stayed home this time. We are not a majority party unless we can appeal to those voters. I don't know how you can say it any better than that, but what I would leave you with in terms of a question is how do we sell doing less when a lot of people love getting more? I think we have to present a real alternative. You know, we for for too long the the Republican strategy has been we're not Democrats. Um, you know, whether it be they call us a racist and we say no, we're not, or uh, they promote you know some new policy like um, student loan forgiveness, and Republicans' answer to that is we shouldn't do that because X Y Z. That's not a platform. That's just, that's reactionary. It's purely just responding to what the Democrats are doing. It's not going to motivate anybody. It's not going to bring anybody to our side. We need to have a real proactive message that is hopeful and uh, has an actual plan for the future of America. We need to be promoting the family. We need to be promoting traditional values. We need to be promoting what is good and do it doing it in a way that is exciting to people and we're just not doing that well more vegetables that you're going to have to eat because of all the inflation that we've had the fed's response to that and we've talked about this in in previous episodes is they've got to ratchet up interest rates to cool off demand and that's going to bring prices back down okay by doing that the interest that we pay on the federal deficit is going to balloon okay there's only so much that comes in in terms of taxes, right? Mm-hmm. And and part of that budget is paying interest on the debt. Well, the debt right now is $31 trillion with a T. Now, when you think about this, when, you, when you're buying a home, okay, like the, the last um, refi I did on my house, I got a great rate. I got 2.6% on a 15-year loan, right? Where is it today? Six or seven? Yeah. And what does that do to a house payment? 
Now think about it in terms of the federal government. Back when the prime rate was like at zero, you know, borrow, borrow, borrow. It doesn't really matter. Okay. Now that rate is moving up, and I think they're looking at like five, six percent. They think is where they're going to have to get to to start to curb inflation. What do those interest payments look like? Mm-hmm. That's got to come out of the federal budget. So you know, you're going to have to eat a lot of vegetables to make up for all that candy you got. Yeah. That's that's certainly true. And, and when Republicans say that, you know, the young people are like, well, screw that. I want all the free stuff. Yeah. But I mean, I think there's a way to do it without just saying you have to eat your vegetables. You know, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's a winning message. by the way. Like, you know, like for, for example, I mean, just to to continue on that analogy, you know, uh, the the proper way to do it would not be you have to eat your vegetables. The proper way to do it would be, well, we want to promote a healthy lifestyle. You know, you should eat right. You should work out. And look at these people. They eat candy all day. They're fat and disgusting. And <laughs> they, they, they're they lost, you know? So, like, yeah, eat your vegetables because it's good for you. And we're, the, we're, we're going to promote, you know, a healthy lifestyle. That's the way to do it. By the way, to backtrack here a little bit, you asked for some evidence. The political morning consult poll asked if Donald Trump should run for president again. of registered voters said no, and 12% said probably he should not run. So if I put 12 with 53, that gets me to 65 no. Well, that's all voters though, right? Registered voters. Yeah. Well, I mean, of course, you know, the majority of, uh, I think probably 99% of Democrats don't want him to run. Mark my word. And here's the thing, like if it's such, this is what I don't understand, right? If it's so clear if it's so clear that he has lost the Republican Party, then there's no problem. Then he'll run in the primary and he'll lose to DeSantis or somebody else. Well, so let the process play out. If that's how it is, if he's not popular, if people don't want him anymore, then he's not going to win the primary. If and we had closed, to worry about. If we had closed primaries in this country, I'd, I'd agree with you. We don't have closed primaries in this country. Okay. Democrats cross over. He wins the nomination and he loses in the general. Donald Trump is not going to be the next president of the United States. You can mark my word on that. It's just not going to happen. At 11.03 a.m. on 11.16.22, (laughs) writing it down right now. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'll say it right now. I don't think he should even run. I think he should pass the torch. It should be a younger generation on both sides. My God, let's get rid of Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden and the Clintons and Chuck Grassley in Iowa, who just turned 90 and won his eighth term in the Senate. Mm -hmm. You know, Mitch McConnell... Let's get rid of all these dinosaurs and start over with young people who are talking about the things that really matter. That's my um, scenario, my my dream scenario here. But, you know, they're still going to talk about climate change and all that good stuff. And uh, I think we'll leave you with that because we, uh, in, in a way, uh, this is where I can pull in Austin Watterson and, and give you something logical, something you can do that actually makes a difference at your house. And that is this whole solar thing. And it's not like this electric car dream that Joe Biden has, which is not based in any logic whatsoever. Think about that for just a second on the electric car thing, because there's no infrastructure set up for it, yet he says we're all going to be driving electric cars. Okay, Then you get into the batteries and all the other crap that goes into it, Um, and and just the fact that there's no charging stations, and how long does it take to charge, how much does it cost to charge. They don't want to talk about any of that. It's just like, go buy an electric car. You're saving the planet. Go buy an electric car. You're saving the planet. Well, if, if you get solar on your house, you're using that big yellow orb in the sky to power your house. 
to heat your house, to cool your house. And you can basically own your own utilities rather than leasing them from somebody like Evergy. And the guy who really has his head around this and understands it and can speak to you in logical terms that make sense is Austin Watterson at Royal Roofing and Solar. You can reach him at 816-540-7057. Based in Pleasant Hill, Missouri, Cass County, good friends and neighbors, not some fly-by-night thing that's going to come in and sell you a bunch of crap, and then you'll never hear from them again. They are local folks who will take care of you. In fact, Austin will even tell you if your house isn't a candidate for solar based on where it is, how it's built, and what's around it. Nobody else will do that. They'll say solar works everywhere. Austin told me it doesn't work everywhere. Uh, But if you need a new roof, they're the guys who will get it done. They did it at my house, and they can do it for you as well. So Royal Roofing and Solar, glad to have them along. Why did we wait until the very end to talk about Royal Roofing and Solar? It's because, you know, did you watch The Office? Oh, yeah. Uh, I didn't watch some of the later seasons, but like the first Four or five, I did. I sure. never got into. It. I just, I, ne- I, I think I saw them. It was a movie, right? And then no. a TV show. No, they're they're not the no, same. No, it was it was a British TV show okay. with uh, Ricky Gervais. I may first, be thinking about Office Space. Office that, Space. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. We just, uh, me and the wife just watched that the other day. Great yeah. movie. Yeah. So Rain Wilson, if you know who Rain Wilson is, he's one of the actors uh, from The Office, and because he cares so much about this planet and the environment. He's changing his name. Hi there, I'm Rain Wilson, or should I say rain, fall, heat wave, rising sea levels, and we have to do something about it now, Wilson. <laughs> we have to do something about it now. It's like he's he's channeling Joe Biden. You gotta pay your fair share. Yeah. Um now That's really it, gonna change everything. Yeah, you know? his, exactly. Him changing his name is gonna make a huge difference. And I'm so proud of him. I yeah. <laughs> There was some pushback because we make fun of Democrats all the time when they do stuff like fly to these conferences or whatever. It's like, well, how are they supposed to get there? We'll fly on a Cessna? Um, uh, well, no. They just had a big climate conference in Egypt where world leaders, including ours and their entourages, flew and then motorcaded to tell us that fossil fuels are killing the planet. There is another thing recently, too, where uh, Al Gore is pushing this new program that will like track how much energy people use and can track the highest energy users. And, uh, well, that seems great. I think you saw this comment that I made on the NPR post and I was like, how about a mirror bud? You know, like the guy uses literally like 40 times as much energy as, as the normal person. So I'm going to give you something that will be revolutionary. will change the world. And, and we can take this off the plate and we can stop making fun of it. We, we learned about zoom calls during COVID Mm -hmm. zoom, you know, yeah. you can bring in as many people as you want. You can have the biggest screen out there and everybody's got their little block. You do not need to be face to face to have these stupid ass meetings. I mean, they didn't say anything in China anyway. Well, I, you know that I'm kind of a cynic sometimes. And I believe that the reason for that is that they want to have meetings face to face and they don't want it to be on the record. They want to have meetings with their buddies, you know, their globalist world leader buddies, and they want to be able to talk about what they're going to do without being uh, recorded. That's what I think it is. Is there not a privacy switch on a Zoom call? 
No, but I, I mean, there may be, but it still all like goes into the database. You know, somebody could hack into that and theoretically, you know, get access to it. Good Lord. Somebody could plant a bug at the meeting. <laughs> I mean, you know, you can, you can blow these things up any which way you want to. Uh, so just so you know, for the record, before we leave you today, uh, no longer refer to him as Rain Wilson. He is now Rainfall Heat Wave Extreme Winter Wilson. Yeah. Does that fit on a driver's license? I don't know. <laughs> to be continued. Maybe next time when we talk, uh, the Republicans will actually have the House of Representatives. I mean, it's only been eight days since Election Day. What's the hurry? Meanwhile, until next week, this is Dale Carter's America. The views expressed on Dale Carter's America are Dale's and Kurt Wheeler's. They do not necessarily reflect the views of KFKF or Steel City Media. Comments can be sent to dalecartersamerica at gmail.com. Check back for weekly episodes. Subscribe, spread the word, and give us a five-star review. Thanks for being a part of Dale Carter's America.